1: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
2: when i was a young teen there was a small forest fairly near our house my neighbor and i would walk to it regularly to go build dens and play on the park near its edge The land was clearly once part of an estate because it had an old 1900s looking swimming pool and bits of stone path dotted amid the undergrowth. We'd sometimes take other kids there and play chase games or pretend to be tribes people, sprinting through the thick foliage. It was a fun place to explore, especially after we discovered where the stash of crispy old woods porn was. It looked like it was from the 70s. Anyway. We'd been going there for about a year or so at weekends when we finally decided to take a big pair of garden shears to start clearing an area for our biggest den yet. We chose part of the forest that had always been blocked off to us because it was mostly surrounded by a thick wall of bamboo, overgrown from the place's time as an estate I think. The forest was a paradise just for us, we'd never ever seen anybody there other than us or people we brought. The porn in our dens were always exactly as we left them. But all the same, we figured cutting a secret way into the bamboo-walled area would give the best protected den from strangers and barbarians and ninjas. It took us most of the day to cut our way in. When we'd made an arch to crawl through, we went in to find that we were in a clearing with only clovers growing in it, no taller plants, just a soft blanket of clovers. Dotted throughout were these odd little knee-high statues of fairies sitting on stone mushrooms playing harps and other instruments. Every single one had its face smashed off. In the center of the cramped clearing was a giant concrete-looking block. We kicked over one of the fairy statues on the way over to it, probably to demonstrate that we weren't scared. It was a giant rough stone coffin. Some ivy-like plant covered most of it but it clearly had a well-defined lid and a worn, unreadable inscription on the side. Adrenaline curious, we tried with all our might to lift the lid, but it must have weighed tons. The adrenaline wore off, we freaked out, and hurriedly walked back through to the play park where we sat and discussed our find for a bit. We decided the clearing was too den perfect to pass up, so the next day we returned with some old metal sheeting and plywood boards to build our shelter. It wasn't raining, but the day was heavily dark and overcast, so the woods were about at the darkest they could be during daytime. We got back into the clearing, started building, and got pretty far with it. After a little while my friend sort of yelped out an oh Jesus Christ. I turned to see him stood next to the coffin, it's giving me full body shivers just thinking about this, and it was open, The lid was slid off to one side just enough that a thin person could get through the gap. I ran over, stared into the gap, saw nothing but pitch dark, and whispered run. The wind rose and it started raining, so there was noise everywhere right at that moment. I've never experienced anything like it. We ran through the wood faster than we'd ever practiced in our tribe games. We never went back into those woods. Anyway. We went back earlier and everything was totally overgrown. Also seeing as I'm now 6 foot 5 inches it was even harder to move around. We managed to find some of the landmarks but every path I remember leading to or near the clover clearing was now gone. We spent a few hours getting lost and they're trying to find ways around the back of it, but unfortunately it looks like it's gone until some new kid cuts their way in. Oh. And of course the wood has long since dissolved away. Sorry, no vampires, but I can tell you it was creepy, particularly the way that the clearing seemed inaccessible and the fact that that cabin seems to have sprung from nowhere. I understand that a story like this may come off as unbelievable, which is one of the reasons why I've never told anybody about it for quite a long time. With the entire world and the state that it is in, I figured now is probably a better time to share my story. Now, for a little information about myself, I'm 30 years old. I've been an active duty park ranger for the past six and a half years in one of America's national parks. Before that, I served four years in the US Marine Corps. During my tenure in both, I held numerous security clearances, Received extensive training on protecting sensitive information, and worked with various federal agencies, including NSA and DHS, to name a couple. Those are just the outliers of things I've done and people I've worked with, but by no means do I consider it a bragging right. Basically, I know how to keep my mouth shut about sensitive information when necessary. Consider the fact that if there was a chance of somebody believing me or the story getting out in public. It would have happened by now, I'm sure. Now, let's get to the meat and potatoes. About five years ago, I was a very young ranger in one of our national parks, which I will not name. It's a very popular place for hikers and campers. At that time, my duties were pretty much relegated to being a rover, patrolling the trails and checking up on campsites. I was not a full-fledged ranger but more of an assistant. I would shadow and assist many of the rangers while on duty, doing various forms of work, including search and rescue. In addition to that, I was tasked with safety briefings when tours from the visitor centers brought in folks. At this point, it should be noted that most of my coworkers at this early stage of my career were much older than me, by double or triple. While I'm not trying to whine about this, it played a role in how things planned out later on. One morning during the summer season, I was asked to do safety briefings for a group of visitors who had been touring the area assigned to me that day. The briefing itself wasn't anything special, and everything went smoothly enough. After the tour, I went back to my usual trail and continued with what I needed to do. The trail was not anything too special, just yet another trail looping around the base of the mountain leading off into some woods. A couple of other trails were branching off, but they were pretty unnoticeable unless you were specifically looking for them. A few hours later, I finished up all my tasks and decided to take a nice break on one of our overlook points, kind of like an observation deck. It was nice, with a shade covering over half of it, making sitting very comfortable. After sitting down, I noticed somebody coming down the trail behind me in the distance. I didn't pay much attention to it thinking as long as they don't come near me, we coexist just fine. As they got closer, I realized this person was wearing all black with a hood over their head. Normally, this wouldn't be anything special past the halfway point of my break, but what caught my attention was that this person had a very strange gait, almost as if they were floating on the ground. They showed no signs of breathing difficulty or tiredness in their legs. They moved robotically, with precision and execution that looked unnatural. I only had my awareness at half capacity because of my break, so I wasn't paying much attention. But as they got about 10 feet away, I tried to make small talk with them. They said nothing back, but their head turned slowly towards me. It took a few seconds for this whole exchange to happen, but when it did, this figure looked straight down at me, since I was sitting, and kept walking forward without missing a beat. I was horrified when I got a look at their face. It was like staring into the face of Emperor Palpatine, deformed and grey-looking. It was terrifying, and even their eyes looked unnatural. They just kept on going, and that is what really made me notice their movements. It all just looked so wrong. I pulled my head away for a second to grab my radio. When I looked back up, they were suddenly gone. I remember sitting there, thinking to myself, Okay, there was no way they could've disappeared so fast. There's nowhere on or off the trail that they could go to fully conceal themselves, not like that. To make a long story short, I got the creeps and decided to get out of there. Originally, I was going to radio back about this person, but the whole thing was so weird that I could not shake it off. So, now you're probably wondering why I am sharing this. Well, because two days after this happened, another ranger came up to me and told me about an experience he had while patrolling an area near where I was at. He also got weirded out by my story too, apparently. They found a dead deer on the side of the trails. When they approached the body, this deer had all of its organs and blood completely removed. The deer had not been cut open, and there were no signs of flies or any decay, even though it had been dead for well over 12 hours. There were no bite marks, puncture wounds, or anything that would indicate it had been cut open in any way. It was as if somebody had killed this deer and just dumped it on the trail. Upon closer examination, they could not find the cause of death or how this deer died. It was as if it had suddenly fallen over and died, yet its eyes, tongue, heart, lungs, and other organs were all missing. There were also no tracks or any sign of a struggle when they found the deer. So, I guess the real reason I'm sharing this is that I want to know what you guys think about it. If any of you have had experiences like mine or have heard about weird things happening in the area, I would love to know. Thank you for reading my post, and feel free to discuss these events further. This happened not so late ago, maybe a few days. My name is Carl, and I had this trip planned for three weeks. Me and my friends got on the meeting point and got in the car to finally start the trip we have always wanted. It was me, Josh, Carla, and Mark, and luckily they all made or to bring as much camping supplies for this, given that we believed it was better safe than sorry. It was a long two-hour drive until we reached our destination, I think it was called Marshland Campground or something. I didn't really pay much attention to the sign since I wasn't the one driving. After we reached a good location, we got our things unloaded and started setting up camp, first our tents and then some other things like parking the car on a better position and then gathering things for a campfire. As we finished and sat down to talk, a park ranger showed up from a nearby trail. He looked like your average park ranger, and with his grumpy voice spoke to us. "Hey, kiddos, I know you're all settled down to camp and all. But I do tell you that some places are off-limits, Therese signs and all that crap saying it, so take my word and don't venture off. Of course, some pretty standard stuff, maybe some preservation areas where visitors were not allowed to camp or visit. After he walked away, we continued to chat like nothing happened. After a bit of talking we decided to hike on the trail and see if there was any place to visit like a souvenir shop or a local shop. As we went, We saw some parts that were boarded with tall metal frames and electric fences. Upon a closer look, there were signs like the ranger said, it read stay off, dangerous wildlife in the area. Along with symbols of different animals like wolves, foxes, spiders, bears, and. Something I couldn't make off, it looked like a quadrupedal animal of sorts that I didn't know about. Me and Josh joked about them keeping monsters hidden in the forest, getting a laugh together. As the night fell early, it started to rain heavily, probably a storm, so we rushed into our tents, and since the group wasn't sleepy just yet we kept chatting through our phones since signal was still present. We heard some loud sounds outside and went to investigate, it was coming from far away from our camp, maybe a vehicle? We got our raincoats and flashlights, Josh also got us some hunting knives just in case, along with bear spray. We tried to locate the source of the sound and, as we hid in the bushes, we saw some staff opening a huge gate inside the prohibited area, as they sent animals like cows and pigs inside. Of course, this was already sketchy enough, but we couldn't exactly assume what they were doing, but the next thing we heard was the sound of said animals apparently running around, the sound of shock as a few of them ended up running to the electrical fence. We wanted to run away, But curiosity got the best of us as we stayed hidden to watch it all. We saw the light posts that illuminated the trail starting to flicker, and soon the place was dark save for the headlights of the truck. Lightning striked every so often, and we saw something move in the prohibited area. It was quadrupedal, had a muscular back and if I could guess was around the size of a large horse, but that's all we could see. Soon a deafening roar echoed around as the sight of metal clanks started being heard. If that couldn't be worse, we also heard the staff screaming, we saw faintly one trying to get into the truck before being pulled back by something. It was an impossible to see, but definitively gruesome horror show. We saw a lit up flashlight illuminating in one direction, and that's when we saw it. Quadrupedal, a long body, probably 25 or more feet in length, definitively carnivore, six eyes and two tails. What the hell is that thing? Was all I could think of upon seeing that beast, and its snout bloody with someone's arm still hanging in its mouth. Another lightning struck and we could see for a moment that it tore its way through the metal frames and fence. So the moment the light posts were off, it wasn't just a flicker. It was a full power outage and thus it could get through the electric fence without problems. We had to escape, we had knives but it probably wouldn't do anything to it, but there was no way we could escape given it was still around. Then, it saw us. We had no option but to run inside the prohibited area as it took some time to turn. We ran as fast as we could and not even seeing where we were headed to, we just wanted to escape. I faintly kept hearing its roars as it rushed through the foliage hunting us. Eventually we almost got to hide almost, except for Mark, who tripped and we couldn't save him, we only kept running as it got hold of him and his screams echoed in our minds as we tried to hide in the foliage. We hid inside some large bushes, hoping it would not see us. After waiting for what felt like an eternity, we decided to get eyed and make our way to the car. As we were about to turn it on, we heard cackling sounds, and when we looked back, it was staring at us from outside. The moment we sped up it gave chase, somehow keeping up with the car, then it slammed itself into the car, causing us to spin over and crash it to the side of the road. Now we're in the worst situation, face to face with it, I don't even know what we could do other than hold my knife and pray it would go away. Then a small tremor was felt and it looked to the side, and a bigger one similar to it showed up, leading it away. The horror struck us upon realizing the horrible truth it was a juveline. And it wasn't an individual, but a species. I don't really know how to start this. I was watching a YouTube video that made me think I should probably share my experience. This happened during my sophomore or junior year of high school, so almost three years ago. I live in rural Western North Carolina, and I'm the first stop for the bus route. However, my bus stop is probably a quarter mile away from my house, as our neighborhood is on a hill with a big private drive that leads up to the houses. Every morning, around 6.50, I would walk out of my driveway and down to the bus stop and wait, it's pitch black down there, by the way, with only my phone flashlight to guide me. Every day, I would stand and wait, most of the time listening to music or just looking at my phone. It always felt eerie being in the dark alone like that, but I've always felt uncomfortable in the dark. One morning, as I was walking down the hill, it's a steep, long hill, by the way, I only made it about a quarter of the way down when I heard a scraping noise, almost like nails on sheet metal. Originally, I didn't think much of it and just slowed down a little. Then it happened again, all of this happened within 30 seconds, mind you, and by instinct, I stopped in my tracks. My heart started pounding from the noise, making me nervous, and I began to hear loud rustling at the tree line on my left side. Before I knew it, something pale, white, human-shaped, and maybe deer-sized ran out of the wood line into the small yard next to me. I turned and ran so fast I didn't get to look for long, as it triggered my fight-or-flight response. I ran all the way back up the hill, jumped over every step on my porch, and went straight into my house, truly fearing for my life and hyperventilating. Mind you, I'm a large guy, about 5 foot 11, 250 pounds. I don't get spooked easily, but I remember running and letting out a reflexive wail of fear. It's all I could do as I ran, and to this day, I never walk in my neighborhood in the dark. I was scared so badly that I found another way to get to school besides the bus and shortly after got my license. I just want to hear what you all think. I've only told my mom and my friends, and I'm more than willing to post pictures of where it happened as I still live here. I don't know what it is. I've lived in the same house for the last 18 years and it's only gotten worse. I live in an old coal mining town in Pennsylvania. I know my house is haunted, but I believe that to be beside the point. Something is stalking my family. The first encounter I had was in the early 2010s. I heard my name being called repeatedly from far away and it sounded like my friend. Started walking towards home and turned because I felt I was being watched. I saw a dark, humanoid figure that was at least 7 to 8 feet tall. I ran home. Things were fairly quiet as far as I can remember up until the last few years. Recently, things have been amping up. It started as rustling in the woods and the feeling of being watched. Next came the deer. So. Many. Deer. There was one I recall seeing multiple times in the same spot for a few days on my way home that just didn't look right. The most recent encounters has left me researching what to do. Two nights ago my mom saw a pale white face with glowing eyes pressed up against the front door. She said she froze in fear and didn't know what to do. Tonight I got home after dark and walked toward my house. Seconds after I locked my car I heard a blood-curdling scream come from the train tracks followed by a very calm voice yelling help me very loudly. I froze in fear for a solid 15 seconds just listening. I slowly walked up my porch steps just listening to two different voices screaming, one frantic and screeching while the other was calm and just called out help me. I yelled in the front door for my mom because the frantic voice sounded vaguely like my youngest sister, but I thought maybe she was messing around. When she came outside it grew quiet and the frantic voice had stopped. We heard help me one or two more times faintly than nothing. My sister was at a friend's house and it wasn't her we went to pick up dinner and there were deer everywhere. Now, this isn't uncommon for PA to see a ton of deer, but like I said before, these ones were weird. They stared right at you and didn't run from the car, even if they were in the middle of the road. Someone please tell me WTF is going on. What are these things? I live in the Klamath Mountains in eastern Oregon, about 20 miles from the California border. Growing up I spent a lot of time outside camping hunting fishing etc. A few months ago I had a strange experience on a family trip to our cabin near Crater Lake and wanted to see if anyone could help me maybe find more info on what I saw. I was by myself bird watching at a small pond in the woods maybe half a mile from the cabin in the late afternoon. I was sitting on a big log with binoculars. I wasn't in a blind or anything but I picked a spot where I thought I'd be less visible to any animals. After about an hour I hadn't seen much except a few common ducks and it didn't seem like many animals were very active so I was thinking about leaving. This was about an hour before sunset. Then I saw something move in the trees across the pond, probably a hundred feet away. It was just a flash between trees and I didn't really get any kind of look at it. But I kept watching the spot and after maybe 5 minutes saw something dark from one tree to another. It was bigger than most any local bird except maybe a heron and moved very fast, without making any noise, but I still didn't really know what I was looking at. This happened again a few minutes later, and then again a few minutes after that. Each time it was moving closer and closer to the pond. I don't think it knew I was there but it was staying incredibly well hidden, and only revealed itself for a split second at a time. At this point I'm thinking maybe it's a kit fox or a pine marten because of how fast and silently it moved. But I still hadn't got a good look at any part of it in detail. It moved between trees a few more times until it was behind a big dead tree right on the shore. I was staying as still and silent as possible but still worried it would see or more likely smell me and spook. But after a few more minutes I saw something move at the edge of the water. A little arm and hand that looked just like a human's reached out and touched the mud, and then the head and the other arm came into view as it leaned out to drink from the water. I could only see the head and shoulders and arms from where I was, but they looked so much like a person's. Except it was too small and covered in what I took as grayish brown fur. The face wasn't exactly human, more monkey-like, but it was too far away to see much detail. I decided to try lifting my binoculars to get a closer look, but as soon as I moved it looked up and then disappeared back behind the tree again. I watched until it started to get dark, but I didn't see it again, not even darting behind the trees. I went back to the cabin and told my grandpa what I saw. He's been a rancher in this area his whole life. He said sounds like you ran into a hide behind and laughed. I said no grandpa seriously, this isn't a joke. He said he'd heard stories about Bigfoot and hide behinds and several times saw little human footprints on hunting trips deep in the mountains where no children would be. I think he believed me but he didn't really know anything. I asked my dad and brothers but they just started giving me shit about squatching lol. I went back to the pond the next day and walked around to where the creature had been, but I didn't find any tracks or scat or fur or anything. I did figure it had to be probably about three and a half or four feet tall based on the trees I'd seen it near, but narrow enough to hide completely behind a ponderosa pine. Which makes me think it must have been standing and moving upright. And that's it. I wish I'd seen more of it, but that face and hands were absolutely not like any local animal. It looked very much like a monkey or furry little human. I've tried to find more info but the only cryptid people seriously talk about in this area is Bigfoot. The hide behind seems like a joke. There may be little people or humanoids in some of the local Native Americans folklore but not a lot of detail I could find. I hope someone here has some ideas what I might have seen. It was a very unique and memorable experience and any further information would be appreciated very much. My step-grandfather had a very hard life. He grew up with his many many siblings being passed around through homes and orphanages. He would usually tell me a lot of funny stories because I was still young before he passed. But one story was different and I didn't remember it until just now, when I found out that this sub existed. I have no proof other than my word. One night, when he was 10 or so, he'd gone to bed at one of the orphanages he once stayed at. It was really late at night and he was having a hard time sleeping. But when he did fall asleep he had weird dreams where he made it sound like he was having an out of body experience. He was seeing himself sleeping in his bed that night like he was in the body of another person entirely. He described it like he was standing over himself, so I have to assume he was much taller. Then it all ends because he wakes up and opens his eyes. He said standing over him surrounding his bed, only the back end was touching the wall, were five or so really tall dark people. Dark as in shadowy. He couldn't see their faces at all. He said he didn't feel scared, and that he closed his eyes again. Then he said he fell asleep again and woke up in the morning. That was how he ended the story. No payoff. He never told the story to me again and he's been dead for a long time. So there's no way to find out anything else. Based on vague memories of how he ended up telling me the story. I believe he was trying to say they were aliens. As a kid, I remember saying that's awful at the end. Because I think at the time I thought he was implying they had hurt him in a bad way. But looking back I don't think he meant it as a scary story. He was very quiet after. My step-grandfather was great. He was a father figure for me and I think I just wanted to share his story to honor him. I miss him a lot, and I do want to take his word for it here. I don't remember him as a liar, especially when communicating with me. When I was young, I lived in the sticks in Vardaman, Mississippi. We had a cow pasture, and I would always go out there to play with my sister or cousins. However, when I was out there with only my dog, I felt as if I was being watched by someone, or something. I thought there was something out there, so I named it Thing. The grass out there was about 5 feet high, making it really hard to see anything, and I would hear the occasional whisper of Thing. The presence didn't seem threatening. It felt calm and collected, like it just wanted to watch me. Once, I caught a faint glimpse of it before it ducked down to avoid being seen. I would say it was about 6 feet tall, hairy, and resembled Bigfoot in a way. After a while, I moved away and never really thought about it again. But I think it is still back there. It was December 24, 1987. My family went to visit my great aunt in Wilmington, Delaware as we often did, for Christmas. Her husband had died in the house some 20 years earlier. After dinner my brother and I went to sleep in one of the upstairs bedrooms. I went to sleep on the left side of the bed which was closest to the door. My great aunt has a thing where she hated her doors to be shut and absolutely not to be locked so it was wide open as we drifted off. I woke up in the middle of the night to the sounds of something on the roof. I was 7 and had just about given up my belief in Santa but it really sounded like footsteps. Could it be him? I tried to wake up my brother but to no avail. Shortly thereafter I turned to my left to see a figure just outside of the doorway. It was human shaped with its arms stretched towards the frame. It was completely black. I know someone was there because it was darker than the surrounding shadows cast in the hall. The only person in the house that was that large was my father. Supposing it was him I said dad? No response. At this this point I was starting to get scared and focused on its head to see its face. The only feature I could make out were two red points of light where the eyes should have been. It was then that I realized that I had messed up by speaking aloud and letting it know I was awake. I have rarely before or since felt such dread. I reached to my right to try and wake up my older brother. Again, no dice. I was alone with this thing three feet away from me. The only thing I could think to do was to pull the blanket over my head, pretend that I was sleeping, and hope to God that it hadn't heard me. Several minutes later I peered under the blankets and it was gone. About 5 years later I was riding to school with my brother and mom and I worked up enough nerve to tell them about it. I knew it could have been my imagination so I told them with an air of levity. When I was done they were silent for about 2 minutes. When I asked my mom what was wrong she turned towards me in the back seat and said we've seen him, too. When I was a kid, probably in first or maybe second grade, I was sitting on the couch in our old trailer with my backpack on. It was a double wide, so I could easily look across through the wall opening to the dining room from the couch in the living room. This wasn't far away at all, given the small space. As I sat there, waiting for my mom to finish drying her hair, she had huge, fluffy hair because it was the nineties.
0: Only from Rustolium.
2: Lol, I looked up, and directly in front of me, standing, or floating? Behind the dining room table, was this solid black figure. I looked at him, and he turned to look at me. We made eye contact, or at least something resembling it because his eyes were like two burning red holes. When our eyes met, time felt like it stopped and I experienced the most complete terror I have ever felt, even to this day. Frankly, I've been through a statistically improbable number of really terrifying things, but nothing compares to that feeling. I was completely frozen, absolutely terrified. After what felt like an eternity within a moment, he turned and kind of floated out the end of the trailer. As soon as it ended and he was gone, I immediately jumped up and ran screaming to my mother. I told her what just happened, and she assured me that it was okay, that it was just my grandpa. I insisted to her that he absolutely was not my grandpa. We're from Appalachia, so ghosts and things like that are well accepted as real, although it is also understood that sometimes people make things up for the sake of a tall tale. Yes, ghosts are real, but one has to approach them with an attitude of discernment. Anyway, I still can't make sense of it at all. About a decade ago, in my early 20s, I found a story online about shadow men, with hats? And that really shook me up because it was the first time I encountered somebody talking about something similar to what I experienced. However, I haven't ever seen any accounts of this specific figure. The sheer terror I felt, completely consumed by fear, gives me an indication that whatever this thing was, it was not kind or good. Does anyone have any similar experiences? Back in 2021, a friend and I were splitting rent on a tiny farmhouse in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico while working. Anytime she was away from her room or out of the house, her door was open. One night, I fell asleep on the couch. I woke up hearing her call me from outside, saying that she needed help. She sounded absolutely terrified. I started to jump up and run to the back door, but something in my brain said to look at her door. It was firmly closed. I noped right to my bedroom, a grown-ass woman, and climbed into my bed, putting my covers over my head. The next morning, she said she had been in her room all night and had never heard a thing. I can't testify to the existence or non-existence of skinwalkers, but New Mexico made me believe in them. I never went outside late at night by myself again while we were there. Okay, so this happened earlier this year. My partner and I were coming back from delivering papers, which we always do late at night as we both work during the day. It was about 10 PM when we were walking back and saw a little girl who looked about 9 walking down the street. I thought it was weird. Why would someone let their young kid walk around so late? I said to my partner that we should go see if she needed help. But then suddenly, it was no longer a little girl, it was a grown man. The little girl transformed into a man right in front of us. We decided to stay back behind him a bit until he was out of sight. That was one of the scariest things I've ever experienced in my life. I had never experienced seeing shadow people until a few weeks ago. I woke up to see one walking into my bedroom closet before dissolving into the background. I've always been skeptical of the supernatural. I have a BS degree and follow a scientific way of thinking. I knew I had just woken up when I saw them, so I figured I was just hallucinating. Now, last night. I woke up and jumped up in my bed because I saw another one crossing the room to go into my closet. The difference this time is that my jumping up woke my cat next to me, who I saw tracking the movement of the shadow person. Am I in danger? Am I being haunted? I've been freaking out a little bit about this. About two months ago, my husband, 34 male, and I, 29 female, were staying in a camper on a friend's property in northern Wisconsin. One night, I wasn't feeling very well, so I went and laid down in the camper and promptly fell asleep. A few hours later, around 3 a.m., I suddenly woke up and bolted out the door, starting to projectile vomit outside by the window. My husband called out and asked if I was okay. I managed to say, yeah, in between rounds. When I finally finished and felt like I was okay to go back and lay down, I spit a few more times to get rid of the taste, and as I looked up, there was a face about 3 feet in front of me in the darkness. I stared at it, and it at me. I was petrified, unable to move, but also afraid to take my eyes off of it. I slowly started to move my head up, down, and side to side to try and get a better angle or a closer look and as I did so, it began to mimic my movements. There we were in the darkness of the forest, bobbing up, down, back, forth, slowly leaning closer and closer to one another as we tried to figure each other out. I stared straight into its cold, hollow eyes, unable to look away in fear of what would happen if I did. It stared back at me, almost as if it didn't know what I was either. It was too dark to make out any features, But the face had the shape of a human face. From what I could see on the body from behind the truck, it looked hunched over and distorted. We stayed that way for what felt like forever until I finally managed to call out, babe. Yeah, my husband responded. There is something out here, I said, only slightly raising my voice. What? He asked. I don't know. Some kind of animal? I'm not sure, but I'm afraid to move it's just watching me, I whispered almost to myself. He opened the door of the camper and looked out into the darkness. Where? He asked, unable to see what I was seeing. It's right in front of me, just watching, I told him, bewildered that he couldn't see it. He grabbed a flashlight and shined it in front of me, and it was gone. There was nothing there. I never saw it leave. I kept its cold, dead gaze the whole time. How could it not be there? I am still very confused by this interaction. I know it was there. I saw it. It wasn't a dream. And I know I wasn't hallucinating. Can anybody tell me what they think it was? Edit, just to respond to a few comments. I don't drink, and I don't do drugs, so I was not inebriated. I don't remember all the details because I couldn't see very well, but here's what I got. I couldn't tell how tall it was because from what I could see, it looked hunched over and disfigured. I don't think it had any fur, it was pale in color, but again, it was dark, so I'm not sure what color it was. It had big black, soulless eyes, like looking straight into a void. It had sharp jagged teeth, and I don't remember a nose at all. I hope this description helps. Maybe it wasn't a skinwalker because I guess they don't leave Navajo land but it was really scary. I should also mention that where I was in the woods of Wisconsin was not too far from the Hanneville Indian Reservation in Menominee County, Michigan, but again, not Navajo, so I'm not sure what it was. I'd like to preface this with the fact that I have no idea exactly who or what it was that I saw, But it's pretty spooky regardless of whether or not it has an earthly explanation and that's the part that continues to haunt me 10 plus years later i grew up in sleepy hollow new york home of the headless horseman and allegedly a number of other hauntings i was 16 at the time and riding shotgun in my then boyfriend's car headed home on old sleepy hollow road at 3am this was before my parents enforced a curfew because i was taking advantage At the end of Old Sleepy Hollow Road is Sleepy Hollow Road, and a stop sign, at which making a left brings you through a densely wooded area to my parents' house. Old Sleepy Hollow Road is dark and curvy, and cuts through the woods that contain the old carriage trails which connect to the cemetery, where the headless horseman is laid to rest and said to ride, as well as where some of the other legends of Sleepy Hollow originated. Not many cars frequent this road outside of tourist season the village is quiet and the houses back there are quite sparse this was the case even more so about 10 years ago there weren't and still aren't many lights on these back roads but there is one right next to the stop sign almost like a spotlight when we pulled up to the stop sign I got such a fright because a young woman wearing nothing but a long white nightgown or otherwise thin white dress was very suddenly standing on the road right next to the stop sign. At first I was scared that we were going to hit her, but when we drove away the reality of the situation really started to sink in and that's when I felt extremely unsettled. What was she doing there at 3am? It gave me a heavy pit in my stomach. This was around November in New York, it was quite frigid and she had no jacket or any shoes on. There are houses back there, but not many. She didn't look directly at us at all. Despite us almost hitting her, it almost seemed like she was staring straight through or beyond us. She was unblinking and unmoving. Very pale, with the cliche long dark hair to match. I remember asking my boyfriend if he just saw what I saw, and he just nodded. We never spoke about it again, until many years later when I confirmed with him that it really happened and wasn't just a figment or a dream or something. My parents live up against those woods, with my room on the bottom floor. I don't think I slept in my own room for months after that incident. I still think of it when I visit. I've read a lot about this figure and different accounts of it. There are stories of ladies in white across many cultures, but one thing that many of the tales have in common is the betrayal of a lover. This boyfriend was my first love, and unbeknownst to me at the time, he was secretly banging my best friend behind my back. To this day it remains one of the worst betrayals of my life. Eventually he became very violent towards me. I can't help but wonder if she was a warning of some sort? Of course, there are other related ghost stories in the immediate vicinity of where this occurred. Like the woman who froze to death at Raven Rock where she sought refuge during a harsh winter storm, a colonial woman who died hiding from a violent suitor, a Native American girl who was killed at the hands of her jealous lover, a teenager who died after being pushed out of her boyfriend's car during an argument. Hulda of Bohemia's homestead was in those woods, a quick 15-minute walk from my parents' house. I doubt it was her, by the way, but she has a very sad and incredible story associated with her for those who are interested, my fave Sleepy Hollow figure. Truthfully, the list of the many supposed apparitions of the area could go on for far longer. The happy ending I guess is that I dumped that loser and I grew up to work in the morgue. I definitely don't scare easily, and while I've had a few other unusual experiences throughout my life, this one is truly a mystery to me. I think of it every time I drive past that stop sign and I sometimes still have dreams about it, as was the case last night, so I've resolved to get it all out and writing in an attempt to unload it to some internet strangers. Feel free to share your opinion or theories or similar stories, skeptic or not. For context, I am highly skeptical, but no stranger to the paranormal. I'm the type that believe demons exist, but most ghost stories are overreactions of easily explained phenomena or simply hoaxes. About three months ago I started working security for a hotel that was built back in the 1920s by a major hotel chain that has changed hands multiple times and is now owned by one of the biggest hotel chains. I'm not saying which so the company can't sue me. Now from what I've been told paranormal activity is not a common occurrence in the hotel, but some years back the Make-A-Wish Foundation started sending some children here because well it's a major resort at one of the most popular beaches on the east coast why wouldn't they? However the hotel was not informed of this and didn't realize what was happening until several children died in their rooms over the course of a few weeks supposedly on quiet nights you can hear children playing with a ball in the north tower ballrooms at night for years guests complained of children playing ball loudly next to their rooms even and when security would check there would be no one there this has not happened in a while but going into this story you should understand that my opinion on the cause of what i've seen may be warped by being told this story now every shift we do a floor check especially on night shift when i work at first, I never noticed anything strange. I got a little creeped out by the quiet of the floors at night, but nothing supernatural. The hotel has two separate towers separated by a restaurant and shopping area that connects them. About a month into the job and suddenly I started feeling like something was following me on my floor checks especially in the ST which is the biggest and tallest and where I understand most jumpers choose because all the rooms facing the ocean have sliding glass doors with a short railing in front and you can put the rest together from there. Anyway it got really bad in October, maybe the spooky season had an effect on me, but this feeling of being watched and followed never went away. As the weeks have gone on, I started seeing distorted faces in windows as I passed by to the point I no longer look at them. The floor pattern sometimes reflects on the glass and the mind could easily make a face with the pattern, but some of these faces were up further on the glass where this wouldn't have been possible. When I focus up there sometimes I can almost hear whispers in the back of my mind urging me to unalive myself or lambasting me for the mistakes I've made or even telling me insecurities I have about myself I've never told anyone about. In the last few weeks some strange physical and auditory phenomena have occurred. Part of what we do on floor checks is close doors we find open, and some of the doors lately have been more difficult to close, one in particular I had to use all my strength to slam shut. The ice machines on each floor sometimes make a banging noise while in operation so I usually attribute any noise I hear from the vending area to that, but sometimes it almost has sounded like something was rummaging in the garbage cans and when I'd go to investigate I'd hold my keys so they wouldn't jingle in case it was a person, and as soon as I do the rummaging noise will stop. On a couple of occasions I've felt what I can only describe as hands touching me while closing certain doors sometimes just a tickle and other times a brush against the back of my hand and even a feeling like someone on the other side of the door is pulling it in the opposite direction against me. I now dread the floor checks especially after 3am I'm not trying to make this seem scarier than it is, but these things intensify the closer it gets to that hour. Whatever they are they aren't friendly and I think they know I can sense them. They really don't like that I can sense them, like some nights that watched and followed feeling is more like a burning hatred directed towards my existence, like being stalked by an enemy or a predator. I'm pretty religious, and whenever. These things happen I always pray to God and when I do it usually goes away whatever it is. The scariest thing though is the last time it was that intense I heard something growl next to my ear. I've never been hurt by them so my assumption is they can't hurt anyone physically, but they try to communicate often and want their presence acknowledged. Almost as though that's where their power comes from. My grandmother told me once that demons truly have no power, they are only capable of whatever we believe them to be capable of. My mounting fear is feeding them whatever they are. My experiences could be just emceeing things or looking too much into something completely explainable I don't know this is just what I've seen and heard. Whatever it is hunting me at night my coworkers don't know about it, or at least they aren't telling anyone. I am bipolar, but medicated and I've never had hallucinations. Maybe I'm just crazy and seeing things, but if that's the case why am I not having any other signs of a manic episode or psychosis and why am I only seeing things in that one part of the building? Hi everyone. I wanted to share my experience with a fairy when I was a child. I'm currently 19, and all my life I've been obsessed with fairies. As a kid, I read books about them, researched them, and left offerings out to them in my backyard. And one time I saw one with no doubt. I was about 9 to 10 years old and I was at my cottage. This cottage is about 3 hours north of Toronto. The cottage has a huge forest in its backyard, and I was alone waiting at the top of the stairs leading into the forest. Suddenly, a tiny creature flew up to my face. I can't fully picture it, but I know it was mainly brown with long limbs and wings. It had a human-like face, and it made a motion with its hand saying come here or follow me and then it flew off towards the front of my cottage. I've had other smaller supernatural experiences at this cottage, but this one changed my life or solidified my belief in fairies. And even now, almost 10 years later, I still doubt it. Let me know if you guys have any other similar experiences and thank you for reading. I feel like something was trying to warn me. When I woke up, there was red writing all over the ceiling. It looked like computer programming code, but amongst this, there were glowing words in English. However, my brain almost couldn't register what it was saying, but all I felt was dread. I looked to the left of me and saw the entrance to this bridge that is in my city. It also felt like there were a few people standing around watching me, but I couldn't see them. After about 15 seconds or so, all of this disappeared. I knew I was awake the whole time. It wasn't just some weird dream, it at least felt extremely real. The reason I feel like it's a warning is because of two things. Recently, I connected with someone from a city that is on the other side of this bridge, whom I am due to meet. And later on next month, my cousin is getting married, also over the bridge. All morning, I have been trying to work out if it is just some paranoid hallucination or whether I should take this seriously. When I checked the time after, it was exactly 2 am, exactly one hour after I fell asleep at 1 am. I found it strange how it was exactly an hour after. I managed to get back to sleep after an hour or so, but I feel like I've got my guard up. I googled the entrance to the bridge, and it is exactly the same as what I saw. I've never been a spiritual person or anything like that, but this felt so real. I've never experienced anything remotely like this. So this happened years ago in about 2019. I was over at a friend's house. We had a good amount of people to play with their Ouija board, maybe 5 or so people? I wanna preface this by mentioning the board we were using was used before to summon the well-known Ouija demon known as Zozo, by the person who owned the board. They supposedly sold their soul to Zozo for the demon to protect them from their biggest fear, which was being in a car crash or something similar to do with cars in that way. Anyways, we started playing. We circled the board with a planchette to warm the board up, and began asking questions. It began to answer, responding yes to if there was a spirit with us, and answering basic questions such as its name, how old it was and why it died, which it gave answers to, I believe the first spirit had answered hospital. The group I was playing with began to ask dumb and all too playful questions and not taking it seriously, even making fun of me when I chastised them for not being serious about it, so I stopped playing with them after a while. I remember their non-serious nature went on for a while, but as they continued to ask questions, they all had gone silent and had seemed to become entranced by the board, deeply focusing and having a very very long session with it. I had tuned out mostly at this point, hanging out with my other friend on the couch who had also not opted into the session. This wasn't that I wasn't interested in playing, I just had no tolerance for the group not taking the game seriously as I've always experienced paranormal shit since I was a baby in every single one of my households I had lived in prior, and was really sensitive to the paranormal. This was my first experience with the board, before I was followed by something. I asked to borrow the Ouija board, and my friend gave me permission. This marks the next time I played the board, which, this is going to be very dumb and cliche, but the day was Friday the 13th. And I decided on playing in Cal Anderson Park in Capitol Hill in Seattle, Washington. My friend and I took the board to the park, and I managed to find a few strangers to play with, my next mistake. We sat down and circled the board, I took to asking the questions. The spirit I managed to contact began to give me random letters, as opposed to the previous session having clear English written out. I asked if this was Latin, as I knew if the board began speaking Latin, you're supposed to end the session. It answered yes, then I asked if it was a negative spirit, it answered yes. Then I, my next mistake, asked IT permission if I could end the session. It told me no. Then began to circle the board in wide circles. I got really uncomfortable and tried to push the planchette to goodbye and a strong force pushed against the planchette not allowing me to pull it to goodbye. I did manage to push it to goodbye after some more force, and told the spirit it was not allowed to contact me again. I cut contact with the session, and flipped the board, believing the session was cut off, but left with a deep feeling of dread in my stomach, like something wasn't right. And that feeling was correct. My ex and I kept the board at his house in his shed for some time after that, because when we kept it in his house, Strange things would happen such as footsteps, doors closing and opening, knocks underneath the floor, his doorknob wiggling, and other happenings. We returned the board to the original owner after this, the one who had summoned Zozo with it, we didn't want it around anymore and the owner had wanted it back. After all of this, a spirit followed me home. I would hear footsteps running up and down my stairs outside of my bedroom. I would wake up freezing cold with a deep feeling of dread and a figure at the foot of my bed. One night there was heavy banging noises in the garage, which my parents blamed on me, to which I frantically responded "See, Something isn't right, something did follow me home from the Ouija board, they began believing me more that night after the banging. I was so scared during this time that I sprinkled salt around my entire bed and doorframe, smudged with white sage before I knew it was closed practice, slept with crosses and a Bible on my bedside table and prayed to God every night. I became extremely spiritual around this time because I honestly had no idea what else to do or where to turn. I just wanted the haunting to stop. One morning, my ex and I heard my mom knock on my bedroom door and ask us why are you guys sleeping still? And he got aggravated at my mom waking us up so early, I checked the time and it was 7 AM, which is really unlike my mom to be wondering why we were still sleeping at that time. When I went upstairs, a bit annoyed, to ask her about it, she was on FaceTime with my sister's kids in the living room, and had no idea what I was talking about, my mom isn't the type to prank me like that or lie, and she was really busy with the FaceTime call at the time it happened. I honestly think back and wonder if whatever asked us why we were sleeping was mimicking my mom or was an entirely different woman's voice and we had just chalked it up to being my mom since that's the only lady in the house. The thought still makes me sick honestly. The person who owned the board who summoned demons with it was also extremely troubled, and ended up unaliving himself a year or two after I stopped being friends with them. I haven't touched a Ouija board since, and the experience left me with some trauma. I still sleep with the lights on. I still did continue use with my pendulums, tarot cards, practiced with gems, and scrying. But I never touched a board again, and I never will. The concept interests me still, and the fact I did have such a profound experience I'm not sure if I'm morbidly lucky to have had, I'm just glad that thing that had followed me home stopped contact after some time. I recently came across your video from years ago about the invisible manta ray. I have had a similar experience in the past, but instead of being outside, it was inside my house. I saw it floating in a high corner, almost like a living creature. It seemed to be analyzing me, which really freaked me out. I tried not to look at it, hoping it would disappear, and eventually, it did. I've considered various explanations for what I saw such as a creature that lives in the air, similar to those in the sea. I've even thought it could be a UFO or an angel. It was such a bizarre experience that I never bothered to look it up, but stumbling upon your posts has brought back those feelings of fear and fascination. I just wanted to share this with you. I just want to share a couple of my own fairy encounters that I 100% believe to be true and not my imagination. I'd love to hear if anyone has any other similar stories. In the first grade, I slept over at my friend's house. We had engaged in a lot of fairy hunting activities, more like trying to summon them. We made fairy houses, watched Tinker Bell, chanted, anything you could imagine. So. I wake up and check my surroundings to see if anything had changed since I had gone to bed. In my peripheral vision, I see a little figure more or less hovering above the ground, smaller than a finger. It was black and had wings. My shoe, with laces, was sitting on the ground, and the bedroom door was open. The figure flew out the door, but on its way out, it grabbed my shoelace and pulled my shoe onto its side and closer to the door. Unfortunately, my friend did not see it, and she still does not believe me because her sister had been the one responding to our fairy letters the whole time. But it would have been impossible for her sister to have done it. The second time I saw one, around 5th grade, it was a very similar experience. I was outside in the carport when, once again, I saw something in my peripheral vision, a small black figure hovering above the ground, flying very fast. I saw it go into some short shrubs, it was not windy, and I heard and saw it push the leaves out of its way. My sister was there, but once again, did not see it. Lastly, in high school, I dove back into fairies. I researched them and did all the things to try and interact with them again. I was outside during twilight with my friend, literally talking about them when we heard the most magical, peculiar sound, which, to us, sounded like it was coming from an old tree stump. Imagine if Maybell flowers, lily of the valley, could ring, and there were one thousands of them. That is what we heard, a soft and higher pitched sound. We both heard it. We went to investigate where it was coming from, and there were no birds or bugs that we could see. Neither of us had heard a sound like it before, nor have we heard one since. Honestly, Hearing this sound is even more convincing than actually seeing them the times before. My brother and dad told me this story of their experience after they had gotten back from one of their snowmobiling trips. We live in the Pacific Northwest and I'm not sure which mountain they went up to for their snowmobiling this night. They were riding their snowmobiles down a road with fresh snow And it hadn't snowed for a couple of hours. As they were riding, they ended up encountering what appeared to be a perfectly built, brightly lit campfire, right in the middle of the road, in the middle of the dark. There were no footprints leading out on any side of the fire, no car tracks, and no sign of any human, just a picture-perfect campfire. There wasn't any way snow could have covered any signs of people being around, as I mentioned before, it hadn't snowed for a while. They didn't stick around to find out, though, as they were thoroughly creeped out and quickly continued on their way. I think about it frequently, they had no explanation for where the campfire had to have come from.